Welcome back, everybody. I'm Adam Hergenrother, and this is Business Meets Spirituality, where we believe in personal growth through business success. And understanding when I use the word personal growth, that can be conscious growth, that can be physical growth, that can just be learning, that can be your experiences. And, and just it really just encompasses a whole bunch of just growth in your life, um, whatever is experiencing for you. And that's why we use the word personal growth, because it's to you. You're growing personally in whatever category that you are. Um, and so hopefully these the podcast itself um, will, will meet you where you are at to help you grow through whatever section of your growth that you're going for. And by the way, that never ends. That never, ever ends. You're always finding another level to grow to, not to achieve something, but you're finding a level to grow to, to experience more of that growth in itself. So let's just start off with there because today I am extremely excited to talk about a topic that I love to. And, you know, there's always a little bit of fear about bringing this this topic up, um, even in a podcast of like, who's going to listen to it, right? What is this thing is, and, and the, literally the conversation is around fear. Um, and so I just, wanted to share, you know, people have this conversation. I love having this conversation. I don't know if everyone else will, um, but I, I think it's really, really important. And I think people kind of shy away from this conversation really don't really understand fear uh, of what it is. So let me start by kind of shedding some light. And I've hit on this before in, in many podcasts, but I want to just direct this one um, to really have the conversation around fear, given this is, you know, April 1st um, of 2020 in the midst of people experiencing a higher or new level of fear uh, worldwide. And it's a, it's a, it's a word that's being thrown out there a lot um, because people are experiencing it. So I want to just bring and shed some light on this. First, fear in itself, fear in itself is um, an illusion. Let me explain this. Uh, fear actually does not cause the disturbance or that lower energy to kind of be pulled away from. It doesn't cause you to actually start to sweat in itself. What takes you there is the mind. But fear triggers the mind and fear, it almost goes into the mind and then starts occupying the mind and to start bringing you into some future event or some past event that then triggers the emotional response. So your mind is literally the this amazing tool that can be taken in any direction. In fear, when when it comes up, then uses the mind or called the lower self or ego that out of fear uses the mind to then survive in. It then uses the mind to get you to imagine something in the future, right? And as that you imagine something happening in the future, it's currently not happening now. If it's happening now, by the way, you don't really feel fear in the way we're talking about it. If it's happening in this moment, that's that kind of like a, we're talking about psychological fear where, you know, this is like real life. I'm being chased by a tiger type fear. And when, if anybody's ever been in that type of situation, probably not chased by a tiger, but like you've been in some real like mortal danger fear, your mind is not talking to you, <laughs> right? You are, maybe you've been, you know, skiing or snowboarding or in sport where, you know, and all of a sudden like you're caught in something that's, you know, you're, you're fearful and you're in there, your mind's not going, okay, well, let's just, let's just, let's think about the future here. What if that really happened? And then, no, it doesn't do any of that. When you're in the actual moment, experiencing it, actually experiencing that moment, your mind doesn't get caught up in the imaginary sense of this when you're actually going through the experience. So that's why I say it's, it's an illusion to an extent, because when you're actually experiencing it, you're not experiencing any fear before you may experience it before it actually happens. If you see it coming in there, but once you're in the experience, you're still not experiencing it. Even if you're anticipating it coming in, 
right? If you're anticipating it, you're, you're again, you're hiding in your mind saying, oh my God, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. You're, and you're anticipating now that the fear is going to come in and it's going to take you over and like, oh my God, this is going to happen. And as we know, the majority of the time, it actually doesn't, does it? Or if it does, it's not to any degree you're doing it. So you're literally just creating a sensation in your mind that's that's creating these thought patterns that you then become addicted to. And the thought pattern is just, what happens if I lose all my money? And then you hear the question go on there, like, well, if I lose all my money, then, oh my God, like, what like what am I going to do with myself? Like, how am I going to do this? Oh, and this fear, and then all of a sudden, you're, the original thought that comes in there based on the fear that you're now using your mind of is like seven layers deep. You're now so far away from the original thought because it just kept going deeper and deeper and deeper. By the way, that's how the ego survives. That's how that lower self survives. It's in there. And we'll talk about how you get rid of this, but first I want to explain it, that fear in itself, because we're actually in the moment, you don't feel any of that. We actually in a fist fight or, you know, you talk to people that have been in wars. Like I've sat with a lot of Navy SEALs when they're actually in wars, when you're actually fighting, you don't feel anything. It's the anticipation of it of happening. Right. Or if you ever, you know, been in a, a fight in itself. Right. Um, I did mixed martial arts for a period of time. And, and, and during that period of time, there was more anticipation of like, oh my God, what happens? Is it going to feel like a hit? But once you get hit in the ring, you don't, there's no fear anymore. It's gone. And so hopefully you can, you can, you can, um, you can resonate with that comment. Once you're actually in it, there's in the, if you're experiencing it in the moment, you don't actually experience any of the fear of what we're talking about in terms of psychological fear. After it ends, you may then start going psychological, but actually in the moment, let me just be very clear on this. In the moment, you don't experience any of that because you're experiencing the moment. And typically in that moment of fear, your body has taken over and it doesn't have time to go to the mind to hide or get in, but it just happens. There's a, um, there's a individual that I follow. His name's Adi Shante. Um, and several people in our work follow him. Uh, and he tells this story, which I think is really fascinating about, he used to rock climb a lot. And, um, he's a, he's, he's a very, um, he does a lot of teaching on, you know, just kind of spirituality and consciousness and growth and just an amazing guy and human being very ordinary too, which is what, what, what I love him. He uses a lot of language and, um, to come take people as far as you can. But anyways, he, he was telling this story. Um, about how he was rock climbing and he was rock climbing in a very kind of um, high face and I don't know, he's four or 500 feet up on this face and he happened to be like, you know, 30 feet from the last clip in, like when you're rock climbing and like you clip in and then you go up to the next one. He was just about to put a next one in and he didn't have it or something and he, he hit this real tough spot on the climb. And he froze. He couldn't move. Like there wasn't another spot. And so he sat there holding this position where he couldn't go down. He couldn't go up. He couldn't do anything. And he's in his mind the entire time. His mind's telling him and his mind's taking him over. His mind's trying to figure out the move, right? His mind's trying to do all this. And the only thing he could think of, he's literally like, well, if I fall from here, most likely I'm going to at least, if, even if the thing catches me, like the, 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 the next kind of bolt that's in the rock face catches me. It's still like a 20, 30 foot fall and I could break my back, get you know, all this stuff or it could worst case pull. And then I fall the entire way down. Right. Um, and most likely die. And so he is literally sitting up there and he talks about, he's, he's probably like 15, 20 minutes in there and he starts to shake and he's getting to the point where he's shaking so much that he said he thinks he had probably 15 seconds left before he literally just his physical body would just give in. And he said in that last 15 seconds, he said something happened and it was realizing that he was facing mortal death and it shut off his mind. And literally when his mind shut off, he just moved and he found the, he found the move and he made the move and he got up and it was his, he said it was right there in front of me the entire time. 
And so the minute it shut it off and he didn't like think about it, it's just his body knew he was in mortal danger. And when that happened, when he put himself in that situation, his mind was shut off. The minute his mind shut off, he actually saw the move entirely and the moved. And then he just simultaneously moved. It's like, you know, if you've ever been skiing or snowboarding and you know, you're in the woods dodging in and out. And like all of a sudden you, you're not thinking about which move to do. You just move, you just move those things, right? Or somebody cuts you off to the point where you don't have time to go to your mind and you just move the car to avoid it. That's so when you're in the moment, your mind actually shuts off because you don't have time to go to it and you just operate with the flow. So that's why when I talk about fear as an illusion, it's an illusion because you've, you've, you got yourself addicted to the thinking patterns or the thoughts that keep arising out of fear. And that's what causes people to actually have the psychological fear that we are experiencing. And that's, that's what people bring in, they bring into their lives. And that's why they get paralyzed because they're so caught up in this. We do this on, and by the way, on the other side, it's not going to make about this podcast, but we do this about imagining like, oh my God, what it's like if I win the lottery, like, oh my, it's in here and or I just need to get this. And we do this constantly on the, on the positive side, which is just as bad, by the way, <laughs> that's a, I'm not going to get in that, but like, that's an illusion too. Either one of those is, ir- is irrelevant. They're both illusions for you imagining what it's going to be like if I have all this money or if I have this partner, or if I get rid of this, or if this happens. That's, you're just imagining this illusionary concept of what could be. You're still missing the experience of life in either one of these equations. So I just want, but naturally we go a lot more towards negative, which is why we think about, we teach positive thinking because most of our thinking is negative, right? We're not thinking negative thinking to take us away from positive. It's more like I need more positive thinking because most of our thoughts are negative. And the reason why most of our thoughts are negative is because that's when we have an experience that we like or dislike, we then want every experience to not be that one. And we want every experience to actually be that one. And if it's not that one, or if it isn't, is not that one, or it happens that we think it's going to be that one, then we were, we basically say we don't want it, which is basically like 99.99% of moments in our lives aren't the moment that we actually want, (laughs) which is why we're always in a suffering state, which is always we're in a fear state. We're suffering because we want moments to be the moments that we want them, which is very self-indexed of us to think that we want something to be exactly the way we want it. If it's not going to be that way, I'm not going to be happy. That's putting conditions in your happiness, right? So when you, when you put conditions in your happiness like that, you're now basically saying, I'm only going to be happy if this happens. If I have a butterfly that lands on me and I love the butterfly and I say, I'm only going to be happy from this butterfly if I see a butterfly. Well, how often is a butterfly going to land on you? Twice in your life? Great. You're going to have two moments of happiness, right? And I'm, I'm being a little, you know, out there in that conversation about the experience, but that's what happens to people. People wonder why their, their thoughts are negative. It's because it's not that everything's always negative. It's because you've picked certain experiences that you want to happen. And if those experiences don't happen, then you're not happy. So it's not even that it's a bad experience. It's just if the experience isn't to your level or to the degree that you want it to, you then suffer. Now there's different levels of suffering because people then say to me, well, Adam, you know, I don't, that's not suffering. I know suffering. When I went through a divorce or I had that failure, I had that bankruptcy or that person left me or, you know, I had that injury. That was real suffering. Yes, that's a higher degree of suffering. (laughs) But you're still suffering. If somebody's choking your neck and they let you go, but they don't, they let up you know, if they're at a 10 choking where you can't breathe and they bring it down to a five and you go, oh, thanks so much for being a friend and not bringing it back to five. They're still suffering. You're still choking you. You're still suffering. People just have a baseline of suffering, which is I bring that up because people have a baseline of fear. 
right? And this is where the psychological fear shows up. People are walking around with a, a, a level of fear in their life because they're always trying to avoid something they don't want, or they're afraid of getting something that they don't want. So they always are trying to avoid that. Then you make your entire life about avoiding those situations that you don't want and only wanting the situations that you want. These are all thought patterns that go on in your head that ultimately, um, are illusions because any thought is an illusion. Even you agreeing with me right now or not agreeing with me right now is irrelevant because either one of them is actually just an illusion in itself. It's just a thought. Like you're agreeing with this is when you're listening to this podcast, you say, go, I agree with you or I don't agree with you. Either one of them is the same. They're just thoughts. The, the, the whole point of using language is to orient. Like you give the waiter or waitress your menu and the, the menu comes in and you order off the menu. You're giving them direction and orient them to what you want in the meal, but you still haven't experienced the meal. And that's how thoughts are. Thoughts are you orient yourself to a certain thing, but if you get caught up in the actual thought and never experienced the meal, you never really had the meal. You ordered it, <laughs> but you never actually experienced it. And so we're living our entire life orienting ourselves to certain places, but never actually experienced the meal. And we experience it. And we all had these experiences of what it's like to experience. When I talked about when you're actually in the moment, your mind's not even actually used in the same degree as what you're using it now to go and hide from. You're using it to hide because you can't handle what life is actually bringing to you. So then you go to your mind and saying, make this feel better for me. And then the mind starts eliciting thoughts based on your previous experiences that says, okay, Adam, I understand what I want you to do. Then I'm going to go make you happy. Then that person sucks. That person sucks. And you need to go make all this thing over here and you start feeling better. <laughs> it just starts giving you these illusions and you get so caught up in it and so addicted to it. Right. And this is why it, 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 there's, n- there's not a um, denial that it makes you feel better or when you actually get something that your mind has told you to go get that you feel good. It, it, I heard somebody explain to me, it's like scraps that are throwing to you. So you're kind of, you're kept following the person because there's little crumbs that they're following it because they give you these moments of feeling feeling more joy or more love or more energy when you actually acquire something or get something or achieve something that you set out to do, it feels high for a moment, but then doesn't it always go away? Or the minute you get there within moments or weeks or days instantly, you know, you just start noticing that your mind goes, well, I'm glad I'm here, but man, it would be better if I, that color was different. Or if I had, you know, I got this house, it's great, but now I got to move my car. Like I can't have that car in there. Right. Man, or not, I need a pool in here and you just, just moved in. Like, what are you doing? That's your mind realizing that the only way it can survive is in future or past. And so what it does is it can never be in the moment. Right. And so when it can't be in the moment, it literally brings you to a forward event or a previous event. And this is why people get caught up in fear is they get caught up in fear because fear is this illusion where the lower self or the ego can hide and keep you there because you get addicted to it. Again, the positive side and the negative side, if there is a positive and negative, right? And so the words that you're hearing could take you to a certain place, but I want you to really start to experience this for yourself, right? Just like you can't describe what, you know, a piece of cauliflower tastes like until you actually tasted it and experienced it. So let the words orient you to as far as you can take it, whether you agree or disagree, just have that curiosity of why do I allow myself to feel restless, right? One of these times where, you know, we're April 1st, right? 2020. And we're going all through this. And a lot of us are at home. And one of the questions I ask myself whenever I'm feeling I have three kids under eight there and they ask me to do something or they're trying to pull me away and 
I instantly start feeling restless, like they're taking my time away or something's happening. And I stop and I go, well, what's wrong with this moment? What's wrong with this moment that they're asking me to do something that I feel like I feel restless or disturbed right now? And it's just a really interesting thing when you just sit there on that and just let that go. And it's a powerful question to ask yourself is what is wrong with this moment? And the answer always is that there's nothing wrong with this moment. What's wrong is the moment that you're forecasting. What's wrong is the fear you're bringing into this moment about a future event that hasn't actually occurred. Now, it may or may not occur. That's irrelevant. If it's occurring and you're in it, you take as much action as you absolutely can. But you thinking about the fear around it, otherwise, not the, if you're thinking about the fear around the event or the future event that potentially could or you don't want something to happen, all you're doing is causing the present moment to be gone. And you're not actually experiencing life. You're experiencing mind. That's why the whole mindfulness wake up. That's what it means. So when we, when we bring this back into directly relationship to fear, there is a, a, you know, a psychological fear, then a primal fear. That primal fear, again, is when you're being chased by things. But when you're actually in that moment of primal fear, again, you're not going to your mind. And hopefully we described that well enough there um, to take you so you can understand that. When you, the psychological fear, though, man, you, it'll take you there. And it's like um, I've, I've shared this before. Um, you know, when you have, a, if you ever seen a child or had a child, or maybe when you were even were a child, you had a fear of there was a monster in your closet. And so they yell to you and, and they say, keep the light on, or you need to come in my room and they're underneath their covers. And you say, what's wrong? What's wrong? And they said, there's a monster in my closet. And you look at them and you go, there's a monster in your closet. Like, and they're, but there you talk to them and they're for certain there's a monster in their closet, right? <laughs> right. Or something, whatever their fear is, right? There's a monster in my closet and you go, there's no monster in your closet. So what do you do? You grab their hand, you get them out of bed, you walk over, you turn the light on because the light opens it up, uh, makes them feel safer, right? And so they walk over and they open their door in the closet and they see there's no, there's no monster. And you go, see, there's no monster. And they go, well, maybe underneath my bed. What if it comes back? What if it just went away? It's just all they're doing is, and you're just sitting there going, man, that's just your own fear. There's no, there's nothing there. Nothing going on there. There's, it's just, it's just, it's just in your mind. And you're telling them that like they should understand that yet as adults, we do this almost more than any child ever does. Because every time you're saying, I don't want something or I don't need it, or you have fear, you're doing the exact same thing that your child or the child or you have done at some point in your time about the monster in the closet or monster underneath your bed. It's no different. It's just an illusion. And the illusion gets you addicted to it. And as you're addicted to it, you, it's so hard to separate yourself out of that, which we'll talk about how to do that. But I first want you to understand what happens there. So the fear will live in future events and it'll pull you into it just like it'll pull you into the future event. So one of the things that you really want to start to understand is that, okay, I understand that my mind will do this. Don't try to shut it up. Don't try to stop it. If you, if you just, if you just try to stop, like I just, this fear needs to go away. You're just fueling the fire. You're just fueling the fire because all you're doing is because you're like, I don't want to feel this way. Why, why is the fear coming into this? What is this thing? And why is it coming? And you just, you're just fueling the fire. Now there is, you know, in this time, right. In April 1st, 2020, there's a worldwide, there's a heavier, there's a higher level of fear that normally doesn't necessarily exist. Now everyone has a different kind of threshold or a, like I talked about the minimum, like people are always have some level of fear for the most part going on in their day throughout their life. And that's just been elevated worldwide. And so people collectively can feel that, right? Just you can, and you feel that there's more fear there. Now there is, there's a real fear about dying, right? Um, and that's real. And, and, but when people get caught up in thinking about what's going to happen to do it, that's, you're still taking the moment. If, if you actually get to the point where 
there is something that's, that is you're facing an, an imminent death or you're facing a, an injury or a sickness, you take as much action as you absolutely can to avoid any of this, by the way, which is what most people are doing, right? So you under, you, it doesn't mean you just dismiss it or like if somebody, you know, a question that we had, um, from, from people was, um, you know, like my friend is, is, has a lot more fear and I just don't want to tell them that, you know, just, just let go of your fear. It's not a big deal because they're feel to them. It's real. Right. And so until they understand that it's real. So, you know, you don't, you don't just, you don't just say, Hey, just trivialize the fact that like, Hey, just don't have any fear, but you also don't, you know, you don't pour fire on it either. You don't bring drama into that. So what you start to understand is, and what you want to do is you want to say, okay, well, what are things that I can do? Let's just assume for a second, that's accurate. What can I do now? What in this moment can I do? Because understand that your past has a, as a, as a, um, the past has experiences in it and the experiences that you've, you've, the actions and experiences you've, you've had in the past bring you to this present moment. So for 13.8 billion years, the, not this earth, but the cosmos, the world, everything essentially has been created. And that's according to scientists, right? And that's, that's what they've proved. So everything since then has been building up until this moment for you, right? And just like for you, all of the actions that you've taken have brought you to this exact present moment. And this present moment is accumulation of all your actions. So if you want to take comfort in your own future, which is to make sure that if you're in the present moment now, taking the right action, it gives you comfort in predicting your future. That's ultimately what karma is. Karma is just your actions today are going to affect you at some point later in the future, right? And it's just, if you eat more today, you're going to gain more weight in the future, right? If you eat less today, you're going to lose less weight in the future. If you exercise more, you get the point, right? And so whatever it is that you do today, you can find comfort in the present moment, because you know that the only thing you can do to predict your future, not getting caught in fear, is to actually act right action in the right moment. If you take right action in the right moment to whatever degree, the highest level degree that that right action is for you, you're going to then start predicting your future events that are going to unfold for you. So again, in this case, when there's a, there is something that's sweeping the world and, and the coronavirus is out there and it's there, what can you do today to prevent that to the highest degree that you can? right? To the highest degree you can. There's social distancing, there's staying at home, there's practicing all these things that you can do. Yes, you take massive action based on what's happening in reality. You don't fight it, but what you don't do is get caught up in the mind thinking that this is going to happen to me or what if this happens to me? What if it doesn't? It's not happening to you. So then again, it's just an illusion. That's what I mean by that. If it's actually happening to you, then you go to the hospital, you get help, you get the everything that you can, you isolate yourself, you're quarantined yourself, you do all those things that you can to take massive action to remedy this current situation that you're in. It doesn't mean you don't do anything, but you don't, you don't get lost in it, in the mind of it. So hopefully you can see the parallel there. It doesn't mean you don't start taking action today to prevent you from getting it. You just don't allow the fear to overcome you that paralyzes you or just makes you just miss the entire aspect or miss the entire point of life, right? And so if you realize that, then you wake up and you say, okay, well, what can I do today to take the most action so that I, that I can help with the highest probability predict my future, which is, again, what we talked about in this particular case is, okay, well then if somebody's freaking out to you and they're coming to you and they need fear, what can you do right now to help with the highest probability that you can, we can't guarantee anything that you to stay away from this particular virus, or any type of situation that may occur. And you say, well, I social distance, I, I wash my hands, I, all the stuff the CDC, everybody's recommending, that's what you take. That's your action that you take now. 
And hopefully you can see this difference that there's a difference between taking action in the present moment versus getting lost in your thoughts in the present moment. Because when you're lost in your thoughts, you're no longer taking action. You're just creating this fear and drama and spreading it. And that spreading the fear of the drama is then just forcing everyone else to go, oh my God, it's doomsday scenario, right? And you, and we've all seen this, like just people just get so eight, nine, 10 layers deep in their fear. And now they're just hoarding. <laughs> they go out there and buy everything they possibly can because of fear, right? Instead of understanding like, what's the action that I can take today? And there's a lot of, I, there's a lot of very good procedures and guidelines and recommendations of what you can do today and actions. And, you know, we're relating this to coronavirus, but this also goes, once this passes, you can just do this for everything, whether that's your business, whether that's physicality, whether that's spirituality, I can meditate today. I can exercise today. I can eat healthier today. I can make my phone calls today. I can hire somebody today. Every action that you're doing in that present moment, fear cannot live in the present moment. Just hear that. Fear cannot live in the present moment. Nothing can, that can't, nothing can penetrate the present moment because the present moment is there. So when we get lost in fear, just realize you're getting lost in the mind's thinking that are just popping up thoughts. Then you have one thought to next thought. Then maybe, you know, you get caught in all this fear. All of a sudden in 20 seconds, somebody says something that pulls you the whole opposite direction. And now all of a sudden you just tell your mind to do something. Now your mind's like, well, someone wasn't that bad. See, <laughs> and you just lost three or four days of getting caught in that instead of actually experiencing the situation and the reality of the unfolding and what's happening around you, being really present for any event, present for a divorce, present for a bankruptcy, present for a disease, present for success, present for a lot of windfall and money, present for, you know, your child, all of these things. It doesn't matter if you classify them as good or bad. That's irrelevant. It just is. The minute you start putting those things of what you don't or dislike or what you like and what you need to happen, you've now set yourself up for some level of suffering. And until you realize that, okay, well, I'm going, I want full freedom and I don't mean financial freedom or time freedom. Those are separate freedoms, liberation of freedom, which is really the yearning for authenticity, that yearning for that liberation of freedom that people really are ultimately after if they're true to themselves, that's what they really are after. The only way that comes is you being okay with whatever's okay, whatever's happening. And so people ask me like, how are you doing? I said, I'm fine. They go, why are you fine? I'm fine because I'm fine with anything. It doesn't mean that you go look for things that are bad or go look for things that are, that are not good that are there, or you don't take action towards goals, right? And that's nothing that to do at all. You use your mind to help in the present moment to strategize to, okay, then maybe I need to buy more Purell. Maybe I need to, you know, um, not work from today or work from home anymore. And so what do I need to do to set myself up at home? You use your inner mind exactly how you'd use a hammer when you need to put a nail into a wall, or you use your car as if you're going to drive to the grocery store. It's it's a tool that you use. And the more you understand that and you use it that way, the more you're glued in the present moment, the more you're glued in the present moment, there's just a knowingness of what you need to do. You know, I was thinking about this podcast this morning on, on Wednesdays, I do my long run and there's nobody really out. And so I'm doing my long run and I'm going, you know, I'm like, how do I describe this knowingness? Because people have been asking like, why do I know? Like, how do I, like you go to your mind for the mind to tell you what knowing is instead of just knowing it. Right. And I was like, well, how do I, how do I, does my mind tell me to run faster? Like, how do I run faster? Like, you ever think about that? Like, how do you run faster? <laughs> right? Just don't even go to like, your mind will tell you why well, I, I run faster. Well, you're telling your mind to run faster, but how do you actually run faster? You just have this knowingness of how to run faster. You know how to run faster. You, you don't know, you, explain to me how you run faster. <laughs> you tell your mind to run faster and you just do it. No, there's a knowingness of how you actually move at a faster speed. <laughs> 
That's the knowingness of you. That's the knowingness of awareness. That's the knowingness that people speak about. It's just, you know how to do it. You can't explain it necessarily because words can't take you there, but there's a knowingness of how to move your body faster. There's like, there's a knowingness of how to move your arm. How do you move your hand? How do you move your left hand? <laughs> right? How do you move it? There's a, there's, there's energy and consciousness in there that just knows how to move your left hand. You don't need to think about it. You don't go to your mind and say, okay, all right, I need to engage my glutes more. My hamstrings need to be this. I need to move my arms faster from here. No, you just move faster. That's the knowingness. And that's when you're in that present moment. There's a knowingness of how to interact with the world. Most people, when worlds, the wave of life is moving left, you're trying to go right. And you may succeed. I'm not saying you may not be able to westernize it and create the moment that you want. But man, you're going to be miserable. Man, you're going to miss a lot of things. Man, you're going to miss the opportunity for life giving you a mirror for exactly what it is that you need to experience. So when we bring back um, this level of fear, another question that we had was, you know, how do I communicate this to my family? Because I'm at home with them, maybe have small kids, and we've gotten that a lot in our community. And the response to that is, is similar so at least I would embrace it is whatever level question that my kids ask about this. And I have a three-year-old, a six-year-old and an eight-year-old. Um, I talk to them as if they're an adult. Now, yes, you may preclude a couple things necessarily, but for the most part, you don't just, Hey, it's not a big deal. Or, uh, we don't need to talk about that in this family, or it's not important to Cause if your own fear is there, then you're going to that fear is going to come out in the conversation or the context or the question that comes from your kid who's literally just curious. <laughs> they're just actually curious. Do you ever notice when they're, when they're asking you these questions about the coronavirus right now, there's no fear in them. They actually are just genuinely curious because they're in some other moment. They're playing with a stick with a rock, throwing the wall. Hey, what's this coronavirus thing, right? <laughs> and they're asking about it. They're not, they haven't equipped themselves to have that fear yet at the same level that you're having that fear yet, right? So when fear comes into you though, your response to that is now diluted because you can't deliver the real response because you've now caught yourself up in fear. So you can't do it. And so what you do is as you start to center yourself and you start to see that fear is just an illusion and actually does nothing good to help you, right? Taking massive action in the present moment helps you. And so don't think that like, well, the fear got me to make this change in action. Yes, the action helped you. Understand that. I, I full agreeance on that. But you getting lost in fear for an hour or three or four days before you took the action <laughs> did not help you. In fact, if you actually get out of that fear, the knowingness that we just talked about shows up faster and with more clarity and you actually move faster to where you thought you got or where you need to go or what action you need to take. That's why it just starts to flow differently that way. And so if when your kids ask you this is if you're coming there from a, a diluted sense or a colored sense because you're bringing your own drama into the question that they're asking, you're going to answer it differently and they're going to be, they're going to be they're going to remember that. That's going to be like, oh, that's how you act. That's how you do it, right? That's why they develop these, you know, kids develop stuff like that. And so when they're asking me, you don't hide anything underneath the mat. I explain to them like, oh, is there people dying from this? Yes, people are dying from this. People are dying from this. And this is why we're taking this action. This is why you're home from school. This is why you're learning with me. <laughs> Congratulations. Um, this is why you're, you're, you're staying at home and not seeing your friends and why we're doing Zooms. And then we talk about the creativity that's born from this and the opportunities to, you know, talk about your own death. <laughs> I mean, I, my six-year-old was talking to me, you know, yesterday when he was with me and put much the whole day. And he just said, you know, um, well, what, what kind of what happens when you die or ask a question about that? And I said, well, that's a great question. I go, well, what do you think it happened? He goes, well, you've told me your energy transfers. I said, yeah. I said, you know, it's, it's, it's like, 
a cloud doesn't all of a sudden freak out when it's starting to become rain. <laughs> I mean, right? When's the, when's, this is what I explained to you. I wasn't laughing, but you know, when, a, a cloud, when's the last time you saw a cloud go, oh my God, I'm about to be rain. <laughs> or when's the last time you saw a leaf on a tree go, oh my God, I'm about to fall off this tree and then fall into the earth and do great and then be part of the tree again. There's never any more or less of life. And that's what I explained to them. There's never any more or less of life. If you're doing on a numbered scale and there's hundred percent of life, there's always hundred percent of life. So you leaving doesn't take away and all of a sudden there's 99% of life. You just transform your energy even before you've come in here and before you're conceived and why your life and afterwards you just transfer energy. It's like a, the cloud moves to rain, rain falls and nourishes the earth and it's all together and then goes back up in the clouds and recycles the same thing again. Even if you take a piece of paper, right? You take a blank piece of paper, the paper even in itself still stays the same amount of life. Even if you burn it, if you burn the strike a match and you burn the piece of paper, the smoke goes into this carbon, the fire heats up and provides into this atom, right? And it just, it just flows into another layer of life, into another cycle of life. So there's nothing ever permanent in life. And it's never, it's always impermanence. And you want it that way. So when, you, when they ask the question, oh, you got a chance to talk about it at this level. And, you know, I get like halfway in and sometimes you're like, well, look at that bird over there. And it's just fine. But you just, you know, you can have that continue that conversation. And so just when they're, when they're, when you're bringing it, when, when, whenever a friend, a colleague, your kids are bringing a conversation or asking the question, make sure that you are not in a place to answer that out of fear, because then the question is going to spur more fear. And people feel that they'll feel your fear, which collectively is what people are doing, which is cause pain, you know, people to freak out and, you know, and, and, you know, there's just story after story about how people are freaking out because of fear and their actions are being directed from their lowest self instead of the highest self. And the lowest self has the least to degree to flow the natural flow of life. Just like that person that's freaking out doesn't think about their heart. They don't think about how they move their legs or how their, your, you know, your melatonin released this morning or how your brain's functioning to be able to say words or be able to, your eyes opening so it can actually take in all of the layers and extract that and create images for you. It's not talking about any of that. <laughs> They're not getting caught in any of that stuff. What they are getting caught in is the mind, the ego, the lowest self, whatever you want to call it, capsulating or taking over the mind, the lower self, the ego takes over the mind, hides in the mind, and then creates thoughts that you who are in there, that knowingness, get addicted to. That addiction then brings you into the level of fear because it knows it can hold you there. That's what happens. You may need to listen to that several times, and it's taken me years and years and years of work to understand that. Um, and ho- hopefully, this will just set you on your on your path to understanding that level of fear of what it is and how you interact with fear. And so, if you have this level of fear and you start to feel it come in there, there is like you know techniques we've taught: three, two, one, relax. You can breathe through this, but at any point your goal for anything is when you start, and this isn't like you're going to go away. Like this will last for years. This will be so, this is harder than a marriage. It's harder than your business. It's harder than doing an Ironman. It's, it's the hardest thing to do is to stop being addicted to the thinking patterns. And that's why people say, wake up mindfulness. That's why people say, go to your breath. Cause it's a neutral state, right? Go to your breath. You are in the present moment. So whenever you start to feel the fear first, just recognizing like, oh man, fear is taking me. Don't go get out of here, fear. Let's go and do this. Then you just start to penetrate fear by being okay with it being there. <laughs> the minute you're not persisting it and you stop, res- and you stop, and you start, re- stop resisting it 
it goes away. An ignored guest quickly leaves, right? An ignored guest quickly leaves. And so when you stop resisting or, or trying to you're just get another thought pattern around the same thing. You're no longer resisting. You're letting it there and it just starts to slowly fade away. The next thing you know, it may take a minute or two. Next thing you know, you're actually onto something else. Then come back five minutes later and be like, oh, there it is again. You do the exact same thing. It's not going to go away. You're not going to do it one time and, you know, be Tiger Woods because you swung one golf club. It's going to take years of practice for this, but your life is your practice. That's why when I started off by explaining personal growth, personal growth to me is not about some experience that I can have where I come back personal growth to me or conscious growth or spiritual growth or any of these physical growth, any state that you change to, I want it to be a state that I'm constantly being able to permeate, that you're constantly being able to get involved into. So I'm only interested in things that I can do that are constantly bringing me to a higher level of state of being. And that, that in itself brings you to a different level. And so when you start to put all of this into play, it starts to raise your level of consciousness, which that's just a really big mystical word that people like to use. Just like accountants and attorneys use big language in their own world. In the spiritual world, they use consciousness and people are like, wow, it's just a big mystical. All that means is you, just, you now have a different context of perspective on life. You see something differently. You have a, sometimes you can actually, actually things that happen, like your, your, your view of life starts to, long it just widens and you start to see things differently and you may look at you know a a house or a room in a house or a tree or an animal or a loved one you see something different about them you still see the individual but you see the cosmos or life or the consciousness inside them to a different degree that you've never seen before and then when you have that happens again you'll start to gain the inner anyways so what i want you to understand and what you take away from this is you can't fight the fear if you fight it you're just fueling it so what you do is you come back and you go to your breath as many as you can. The other thing that you can do that I've done a lot, there's two more techniques I'll give to you, um, is, uh, so again, when, when people are, if you're facing other people that have fear, make sure you are not in a fearful state answering that first and foremost. Then give them their own techniques or just ask them to walk themselves through that. Okay, I understand that. Well, what's going to happen? What can you do today? What action can you take to prevent this? And that's that's why we talked about the, the present moment of the action in the present moment. The right action in today, in this moment, is the only action you have. You can't go back like a DVD and start watching it again. You're in the right action in the right moment. So one of the things you can also do, which Eckhart Tolle talks a lot about, if you follow any of his work, he's been going to what his hands for a long period of time. So the minute you start feeling fear come in there, just bring your awareness, your consciousness, your, your knowingness, right, to your hands. And you can feel the energy in your hands. By, by the way, when you're doing this, and I've been practicing this even just for a while, and when I start to feel that, I go to that too, and it pulls me out of fear. It pulls you out of it. And it doesn't mean it doesn't come back, but it pulls you out of it for that moment. And then the more you practice this, the longer and longer it goes before it pulls you back, right? So you go and you just go to your hands and you can feel the energy in your hands. You can feel it. If you listen to this and you're not driving, just close, if you're having trouble doing this, close your eyes. Don't touch your hands, don't move your hands, but you know your hands are there. You can feel your hands without feeling them. That's knowingness. And when you're doing this, you're creating the, the energy in your hands and it brings you to the present moment and fear can't live there. So you're not trying to get rid of it. You're not trying to shut fear up. You're just ignoring it. You're just letting it go. You're just not resisting it. It's just, you've ever been in a fight with your partner or somebody close and the more you're arguing, the heater it gets, the hotter it gets. And then all of a sudden it may end just dramatically or have, you ever, or have you ever been in an argument when you just stop and start laughing, not in a bad way, or give them a hug and say, I'm sorry? How quickly does the energy change? Just like that. Just because you just said, you know what? I'm not going to be pulled from this. Give me a hug. I'm sorry. 
Give me a hug. What? They just get they, they, they argue with a second. No, give me a hug. <laughs> Watch how fast again you just stopped resisting it. You let go of the rope that's been pulling you. And the minute you let go of the rope, it can't pull you anywhere. So fear can't pull you if you if you just don't allow yourself to be wrapped up in the rope. So let go of the rope. When people say, well, I can't let go of the rope, I'll be I'll just suspend out of air. No, <laughs> you won't. You know, life is like a helium balloon that's tied to the ground. And people are like, how do I get up in the sky? I need to be able to do this. And all that you got to do is cut the rope. <laughs> the cut in the rope, it'll naturally bring you there. That's what I just explained to people. It's not like you're lifting 5,000 pounds and it's, it's just you've been tethered, <laughs> right? Tethered to the ground, like this helium balloon. And you don't have to do anything different except for let go or cut the rope. The minute you cut the, go the rope, naturally, just like your body flows and operates, it'll bring you to exactly where you need to go. And that's the key point to this is fear you can't fight but you have to let go as you let go it'll give you the the knowingness the clarity the action steps the massive action that you can take in the present moment it's not like you surrender it's not a weakness it's not a lackadaisical term a tiger is chasing you you don't just lie down right life is out there you don't lie down to reality and just say take me or anything like that you take massive action you're just doing it from a different place understand that spirituality or personal growth is not about changing what you do it's not about that at all it's not about renouncing life it's not about just i don't want anything to do with money that's just the same concept just on the other side of wanting to get money there's no difference from that it's 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 changing what part of you is doing it and you, what you're wanting to do is to let go of the fear that's operating in your life. And as you start operating from a different place, everything makes a lot more. Everything you do becomes easier. Your business, your work, your job, your finances, your relationships, your kids, your sports, everything becomes easier. Everything does. And people just, it's, they're trying to indirectly get there and they get blocked by doing an indirect way of trying to get there when all you can do is cut the rope and the balloon itself will take off. It's just wanting to take off. Just stop tethering yourself to the ground and cut the rope. Let go of the rope and it'll take you to exactly where it is you need to go. And that's the same thing with fear. If you let go of fear, meaning that you don't, you're still there, you're experiencing it, you're seeing it, you're just not touching it. When you let go of it, the ignored guest quickly leaves, Right? That's i.e. the fear is the guess and just quickly leaves. And then you can start operating from a different place. Then everything you do, every interaction that you have is going to be from a different place. And again, you have to do this many, many times throughout this, particularly when our level of fear has increased. And this is coming in and sometimes it can feel like the entire world is coming down on you. And it's even more important to do and bring out every technique that you can to get yourself to the spot of the present moment, of the awareness of being aware that you're aware that there's fear. And once you're aware that there's fear, you're no longer the fear. I mean, Einstein said this long, long time ago, just in a different way. He just said, you can never solve the problem being at the same level of the problem or the same plane of the problem. I.e., you can never solve fear if you are fear. When you're caught up being fear, you've taken your consciousness, just like you can take your consciousness and put it on somebody, or you can take a magnifying glass and heighten the sun's rays and burn through things. The same thing you do with your consciousness and you put it on like, it's like you're putting it on water that's flowing. And now all of a sudden the water is an ice cube because you've salt, you've put it, made it solid. It doesn't move anymore. That's you becoming the emotion. You become fear, right? You've become paralyzed and you operating. This is the problem with it. When you do this, you're now, your decisions that you're doing, the actions you're taking are coming from that place. And that's what predicts 
your future is because the action now is no longer in line with what life is showing and flowing and holding that mirror up to you. In fact, you're now doing in the opposite of that, which then creates a more ripple effect down the way. Instead of just allowing the pond to be still, you've jumped in there and stirring it all up and then wondering why it's not still. <laughs> Get out of the pond <laughs> and just understand that there will be events that unfold, that there'll be events that try to pull you into this. The more you can let it go and just surrender every single opportunity to grow in whatever religion, whatever spiritual context that you have. I've studied many, many, many of them. They all say the same thing, which is surrender. And it's not surrender to the point where it's weakness. It's surrender to that while you're taking massive action. That's the thing that people don't get with this is surrender does not mean you're not taking action. In fact, it's the opposite. You're just taking the right action. <laughs> you're just taking a much better action. It's going to get you there faster and easier. And once people could see this, man, you could wake up and you'd go, how did I operate like that before? And that's, that's what I'm using words to be as creative as possible, the examples to take you there as far as I can, but I can only take you to the furthest step. You have to jump in the pool to feel the water. And so you can only bring somebody so far. And, but once they get that experience, it's now their experience and that's wisdom because now you have it and you have the experience. And, you know, following wisdom means that you're jumping into the water without having quite felt the water. But now once you felt it, it's now your wisdom. And now you experience this. And I promise you that's part of your waking up process. And as you do this, you will then get a different perspective that you then go, holy mackerel, what have I been missing? I just haven't seen this. And you've all had these aha moments. They happen all the time. You're just not recognizing them. They happen and you're like, whether it's in a business aha moment or an eating aha moment or a you know, personal growth aha moment or a, you know, a kid aha moment. You've had like, oh man, I see this. How did I ever do that before? Well, that's about life. <laughs> that's life. That's what I'm trying to explain to you as best as I can. That's the, you have this awakening, you, you awakening is such a big word, right? All you do is you just see something differently and then it can never go back. That's the, that's the thing. Once you see it and experience it, you start to, and we could explain the phases that you go through. And maybe that's a separate podcast that I can do. I've started to do it, but there's this natural pull. Once you see it, there's this natural pull to want to get back into fear because it's comforting. It's preferred. I'm not saying it's the right. I'm saying it's preferred because you've been hiding there for so long. Man, it's going to want to pull you in there. And it's the same pull that when you're trying to go on a diet and that cake or that meal's right there, <laughs> you pulled into eating it. That's the same thing. It's just even stronger. <laughs> it's even stronger to pull you back into that fear. So what I want you to do is I want you to first just understand why fear comes, where it comes from, and why it's there. It's there to the lower self to survive. It's there to earn energy from you to be able to stay there. But the minute you stop resisting it and let go and get out of the pool, let go of the rope and untether your line, you will find your path because the path is already laid out. You've just been preventing yourself from following it. Hey, before you jump off, I want to let you all know about a free course that we just launched to really help everybody navigate through all of the challenges that we're all facing right now and really how to navigate these through a place of clarity. It's called Thrive Every Day, how to lead yourself and others in a new business landscape. And look, it's running for four weeks with two 30-minute sessions per week. And the reason why we have the two 30-minute sessions is to really make sure that we're pivoting on information and bringing it to you. Um, in real time, as things come into play, we want to make sure we're bringing you all the information that we can so that you can continue to thrive personally, with your family, and in your business. Uh, Carrie Heibel-Briner, our president of coaching, is going to be running it, but guess what? I will be jumping in throughout as well, too, to kind of share some nuggets of what we're seeing 
uh, in the business landscape in in terms of just uh, overall clarity during these times as well, too. So we're really looking forward to you uh, jumping into this. It has already started, but all of the recordings are available and you can watch on, on demand anytime. We're kind of like that new Universal Studios. They're releasing movies out right now. We're releasing this, whatever you want to as well, too. So jump into those. Make sure you're listening to them. Share them if they're great for you. Uh, love to hear from you. So go to adamhergenrother.com forward slash thrive to sign up for the course and we will see you there.